More sun, more green, more warmth. Winter is left behind with a sigh of relief and a feeling of relaxation, yet the urge to adventure tugs me deep into the Maine woods. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. I walk up my driveway, coffee mug in hand, through the dappled warm sunshine of a mid-May morning. Green, a color that is so fresh and so precious at this time of year. I look at the young leaves on this bush and that tree and tighten my grip around my coffee mug and grin. I walk by the camp that marks the halfway point between the house and the garden, and a red squirrel bolts from view under the roof. No doubt this is a member of the same family who has, for generations now, claimed this camp as their home as the slow burn of decay and tug of gravity relentlessly turns this humble cabin back into soil. I walk by a stately apple tree as ancient and gnarled as Middle-earth's Ents. Then, out of the corner of my eye, I catch a glimpse of what appears to be snow. Doing a double-take, I realize that the white is in fact blushed with a gentle pink and the flakes are in fact petals of a small native fruit tree, shadbush. So varied are the names used to identify shadbush, I inevitably find myself rattling off all the names for this stunning little shrub in the hopes that one of these names will sound familiar to my friends and fellow plant nerds. Some of these names include Shad, Serviceberry, Service Tree, Juneberry, Saskatoon, and Amelanchier, which is both the genus of this small tree and the name most often used by gardeners. While it may seem that this plant has enough names, they are also names which cover a great number of species and all of these species will hybridize freely, forming fertile crosses that make identification of individual species nearly impossible for all but the foremost Amelanchier expert. But fear not, for Amelanchiers are pretty easy to distinguish as a group. As with so many of the other members of the rose family, shadbush shares the same finely toothed leaves. I find the leaf surface of shadbush to be a bit more matte than other rose family members. The leaves are also much shorter and wider than most cherry leaves. The bark, however, is one of the most distinguishing characteristics of the tree, especially on older specimens. The bark is light gray, smooth, and is covered with faint contrasting gray markings, which gives me the general impression of snakeskin. Shadbush also rarely grows straight up through the forest canopy, but rather generally arches and twists its way towards the canopy top. Shadbush is a wonderful phenological indicator, as is partially betrayed by one of its names. It is so-called shadbush because in much of the tree's range, the blossoms generally open when the annual spawning run of the American shad, from the oceans into freshwater rivers across the eastern seaboard, occurs. I should note that some sources make reference to the fruit setting in June, hence Juneberry, being an indicator of when the shad are running, but I have found the blossoms to be a better indicator of the start of the shad run in Downeast Maine. These indicators were historically important for folks living on the East Coast because these large fish were an important and abundant food source. The fact that a marine animal can meet at a phenological crossroads with a terrestrial shrub seems nothing short of fairy magic but perhaps there is some earthly signal telling both species to get to work. Shad are known to run into northern rivers when the water temperature is around 50 degrees Fahrenheit, depending on the river. Shad bush also takes its cue from the temperature, flowering only after 75 growing degree days. Growing degree days are based on an equation which takes into account temperature highs and lows to predict plant and insect timing. In short, both species are temperature-dependent and roughly synchronized. Coincidence? Fairy magic? I'll let you decide. So this weekend, you can head outside in search of the snake-like gray bark and white flowers of a local shadbush. 
Perhaps you can even track down another rose family tree like chokecherry, plum, pear, apple, or hawthorn and compare the similarities and differences between the tree's bark and flowers. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to this show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology.